Hi, I'm Becky O'Connor. And I'm Kyle Caldwell, and this is On The Money, a weekly look at how to get the best out of your savings and investments. In this episode, we're looking back on what was understatement alert, an extraordinary year, and picking out some of the investing lessons of 2022 that you can take into 2023 to help you navigate your investments through another 12 months. Now, obviously, past performance isn't a guide to future performance, but there were some standout trends. And it turns out holding just shares and bonds doesn't always protect your capital, does it, Kyle? That's right, Becky. Um, And firstly, you know, First thing to say is there's been, as you mentioned, it's been a pretty poor year for um, for most investors, really. There's been a lot more losers than winners. Unless you've had exposure to energy shares, energy funds, or some of the renewable energy investment trusts, it's been a pretty miserable year. Now, normally, when stock markets, when they have a bad year, investors can draw comfort on how their bond exposure has performed. So the role of bonds in a portfolio it's to give investors defensive ballast and to provide an income. So this is why investors are often told it's prudent to, you know, to be diversified in terms of assets. Holding both shares and bonds is supposed to give investors a smoother ride because they are uncorrelated from one another. So they'll not move in the same up or down direction. So therefore, you know, holding shares and bonds usually means that investors do not suffer big drawdowns. And over the long term, that has historically happened. But this year, in 2022, that's not been the case. In fact, it's been a, it has been a rare year in which both shares and bonds have lost investors' money. So holding a mixture of shares and bonds, it's not giving investors the protection that they would expect based on a history. So why has this happened? Well, the, you know, the thing that has a lot to answer for is interest rates being on the rise. So interest rates have been rising, as we've spoken in previous podcast episodes, in order to try and cool down red-hot inflation, which obviously everyone's been feeling. In short, when interest rates rise, bond prices fall. Now, the silver lining heading into 2023 is that bond yields, which move inversely to bond prices, they've been rising, and they're now at their most attractive levels in several years. Um, So bonds, they now offer greater value and they also um, offer much better competition to shares but in 2022 it has been a very painful experience if you you know if you've been a bond investor and just to put some figures on this so an approach that um, many multi-asset funds adopt is the so-called 60-40 portfolio model what it means is is 60% in shares and 40% in bonds and as I just mentioned that should hopefully give you a smooth ride over the long term a popular passive fund that invests in this way is Vanguard Life Strategy 60% equity. Over the past year, it's lost just over 11%, which is pretty uncomfortable, really, for investors in that sort of fund because people who buy that sort of fund, they do not expect those sort of drawdowns. They expect a much smoother ride than that. But because interest rates have been rising, bond prices have been falling. So what it has meant is, is that it's really harmed multi-asset funds and bond with significant exposure to bond funds and bond funds generally. So in short, the more exposure you've had to bonds in a multi-asset portfolio this year, the worse the performance has been. So multi-asset funds that are typically more cautious in holding more bonds in their portfolio, they've actually fared worse this year than fund the multi-asset funds that actually are more adventurously invested with higher exposure to shares. 
Um, so, I mean, really, you know, the, the, the trend there has been completely the opposite performance to what you would expect from the type of investment that's meant to um, provide some level of safety. But has there been other standout trends, do you think, in the past 12 months that we might learn from going forward? Well, just to um, just expand on, you know, cautious funds may be giving you a nasty surprise if you know if you bought the start of the year and you now look at how it's performed you know that the chances are it has not fared as well as they historically have performed but just to just to extend that really with with bond funds so among the safest type of bond funds are uk government bond funds or gilts so the reason why these are considered safe is due to the fact that the issuer of the bonds that are held by these funds is the UK government. And in its history, it's never failed to retain um, bondholders the amount that they've loaned. And, you know, these, these bonds issued by the UK government, they're issued to raise money to pay for public services or to fund other projects. But due to the increases in interest rates, as mentioned, bond prices have fallen. And in the case of UK government bonds, the yield, which is the income that's paid to investors, a year ago, it was very low. It was below 1%. So therefore, because it has an inverse relationship to the price, the price of the bond was very expensive. So therefore, as rates have been rising, UK government bond um, prices have been falling notably, and they've repriced to reflect the fact that you know interest rates have went up. And just to put some figures on this, the average UK gilt fund, it's down 23% over the past year. And the average UK index-linked um, bond fund, it's down 38%. Now, even more seasoned investors, they may be surprised by how badly UK index-linked bond funds they performed. Uh, you know, it's a painful loss that for investors to stomach. Due to the name and due to how they invest, they invest in bonds that the, the, the coupon or the income being paid, it rises in line with inflation. So you might actually think that's a good inflation hedge, but that has not played out at all. In fact, it's been a really bad way to invest, because, and that's a, that's a lesson for investors this year, just because of how severe those bond price falls have been. And yet, as, as mentioned, it, the average UK index-linked bond fund, it's given investors a near 40% loss this year. It's really scary and not comforting at all to think that all those things that, you know, traditionally and for very good reason it provided some level of safety have them. Um, have been upended to some degree this year. Has, has anything else suffered similarly in 2022? Yeah, it has, Becky, unfortunately. for um, And it's, it's, this, this may have impacted more investors, really, who may have more exposure to this area. So um, another consequence for investors from increasing interest rates is that growth shares, including technology companies, they've fallen notably out of favour this year. So what's happened here is that so rising interest rates devalues the future earnings expectations of growth stocks. So what then happens is the valuations of those companies, um, they cool down and then the share prices reprice to reflect that, which has led to some um, pretty heavy share price falls. So growth shares and technology shares, they've been the place to be for several years due to the fact that they really benefited from the tailwind of loose monetary policy in the form of low interest rates. And of course, that's now changed. You know, there's been a tightening in monetary policy with interest rates rising. And among customers of Interactive Investor, this, this change in backdrop and change in investment style, it's not gone unnoticed. In particular, our data shows that several funds and investment trusts that are managed by Bailey Gifford, 
they've seen declines in both performance and their popularity this year. So Bailey Giffords, as an investment style, it looks to invest in the growth winners of the future. And a number of their funds and investment trusts, they were very popular with investors in 2021. But in 2022, they fell down the, um, the popularity rankings. One exception to that is a Scottish mortgage, which remains the most popular investment trust among interactive investor customers, despite the fact that over the past year, its share prices fell around 40%. And just for full disclosure, that's um, one of my um, investments. But fortunately, I've held it for 10 years um, and I still view it as a long-term holding. That's that's hurt the performance of, uh, of my own investment in that, but it's been obviously less severe because I've held it for 10 years um, rather than buying a year ago. And in contrast, investors, what they've been doing instead is they've been focusing on dividend paying strategies. So, you know, funds and investment trusts are paying income. They give investors some jam today and investors have been prioritizing that over the prospect of growth in the future. So jam tomorrow. I think with, with investment styles, the key thing to remember is that they do fall in and out of fashion. They don't go up and down in a straight line. And I think, you know, in order to reduce the risk of being overly exposed to an investment style, it may, you know, it's diversification is our friend once again. It makes sense to invest in funds and investment trusts that invest differently from one another. And that includes taking a look at the investment style of the fund. And just out of interest, is there any kind of forecast for what's likely to happen to technology shares and some of those um, funds that are, you know, heavily weighted towards technology in the next year or so that you've come across? Given, given obviously the share prices have um, obviously fallen a lot this year, you know, I've, I've heard arguments sort of for both sides of both sides of the coin. Really, some fund managers are using this as an opportunity to you know to attempt to, to buy low. The share prices are a lot lower than they were a year ago, and the valuations are lower as well. But then other fund managers have um, have moved out of the sort of the fang stocks. These are the, these are the famous. US technology companies that, you know, most of us use in our day, everyday, everyday lives. Um, so the likes of Facebook, Google, Alphabet, Amazon, Netflix. It's not, it's not quite in the acronym, but Microsoft as well as another one that fits into that camp. But, you know, other fund managers, they've been, they've been focusing on other areas of technology. They think that these big companies, they've had a, you know, if you, even, even if you look at the fact of how they perform this year, they've not done very well. If you look on a 10 year view, they've still, they've still done well. So they're, they're sort of like hunting for the, the next sort of technology growth winners for in the coming years. And is there any difference in uh, the performance of investment trusts compared to investment funds? Because obviously the stock market's been volatile and there's, you know, there's some difference between the way investment companies are structured compared to funds, isn't there? That, um, you know, hat does have a bearing and when, when times are volatile, they can underperform. Yeah, so it's overall, it's it's not been a great uh, year for investment trusts. It's going to be one that they probably want to try and quickly forget. So firstly, I'm a massive fan of investment trusts. I generally prefer them over funds because they have certain structural advantages that private investors can use to their advantage. Now, one of these structural advantages is the ability to borrow to invest. It's known as gearing. So um, what, what that basically does is it gives the fund manager, you know, more money to invest in the underlying portfolio. Now, when times are good, when markets are generally going up, when, you know, you know the, the shares that the investment trust invests in, when they're generally going up, gearing tends to, you know, turbocharge performance. But when it's a much more volatile year, as it has been in 2022, 
gearing, it, it goes into reverse, basically. So it exaggerates losses. So generally speaking, if you're in an investment trust that gears, then in 2022, it's likely to have underperformed an equivalent open-ended um, investment fund because it goes into reverse and those losses are magnified and it gives um, investors greater losses per share in an investment trust that gears. Um, any other final takeaways, any other lessons learned from this um, difficult year? Well, you know, as we've as mentioned, it has been a very difficult year for investors, you know, however they've invested and, you know, whether they invest and whatever they've invested in. But this is going to be the first, it looks like anyway, it's going to be the first year in which um, there's been more investor outflows than inflows into funds. And these um, these outflows, they've been pretty heavy and consistent throughout the year. But this is really the, the opposite that investors should be doing at these times. People need to remember that volatility is part and parcel of investing in the stock market. And for those that are willing to invest in the long term, such you know, share price falls, they end up being a mere footnote in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, volatility is the price that investors pay for the fact that over the long run, you know, you know, with the caveat of, you know, past performance is not a guide to the future, put money into shares as historically um, yields a greater rewards rather than leaving it in cash. And a final thought, while it doesn't sound very exciting and, you know, something, we, but it is something we've stressed um, and spoke about a lot on this podcast so far, you know, diversify, 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 you know, maintaining a balanced and well-diversified portfolio. It's the best way to ride out short-term market falls. You know, in 2022, having, you know, a mix of shares and bonds, it's not necessarily giving you a great outcome. You, you know, you've likely to have lost money. But on a five to 10-year view, while, while, you know, given the caveat that, you know, um, past performance is not necessarily a guide to the future, Historically, having shares and bonds, it has given investors a good outcome and it's enabled them to reduce risk. Great note to end on. Thanks for listening to this episode of On The Money, which I'm sad to say is my final one before I move on to pastures new in the new year. Thank you for your support in 2022. We're incredibly grateful for all the questions you've sent us and for the ratings and reviews. Please do follow the show in your podcast app and tell your friends and family about it over the Christmas break. You can join the conversation ask questions and tell us what you want to talk about via email on otm at ii.co.uk. In the meantime, you can find more information and practical pointers on how to get the most out of your investments on the Interact Investor website at ii.co.uk. I'll see you in January with some investment ideas for 2023. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone, if you're celebrating and of course, a very Happy New Year.